and welcome to Talk To Be Well. I'm your host, Dr. Robin Henderson, Chief Executive Behavioral Health for Providence in Oregon and Chief Clinical Officer for Work To Be Well. Here with me today are three high school students from our National Student Advisory Council to share about talking to an adult about mental health and asking for support. As a reminder, the information provided during this event is for educational purposes only. It is not intended, nor is it implied, to be a substitute for professional medical advice. Let's get going today by having each of you introduce yourself, where you're from, and something that you do to work to be well. Molly, why don't you get us started? Okay, great. Hi, my name is Molly. I am from Medfield, Massachusetts, and some things that I do to work to be well are walk my dogs, listen to music, and make playlists because I love listening to all types of music. Um, hi, everyone. I am Dominic. Um, I am from Burbank, California, and I work to be well by listening to music, also walking my dog, um, and spending time with my friends. Hi, um, my name is Ashika. I am from Atlanta, Georgia. And some things I do to work to be well are I love reading, um, just like watching Netflix. And I like to paper quill, which is a type of art where you like make really cool shapes out of just twirling paper. So that's pretty fun. That sounds amazing, actually. I'd love to see what that looks like at some point. That would be, that sounds really fun. Well, so... Why is talking about mental health and asking for support important? Um, I think that talking about mental health is really important because I still think of mental health as such a stigmatized topic in society. It just really needs to become a more normal conversation amongst teenagers and adults. Um, for example, for me, like the school environment I'm in is just super competitive. And the focus for so many kids in my school is how can I get ahead? How can I be the best sort of, which obviously leads to a lot of self-doubt and negative thought cycles. But like the consequences of those competitive environments we live in aren't really talked about. And I know like pretty much everyone around me has felt alone at some point in sort of thinking those kind of things um, and that they aren't living up to expectations. So talking about mental health makes people realize that they aren't alone and that everyone is having trouble with something and asking for support is really important too because it helps you feel comfortable not even just with your own feelings but with the people around you too. Um, yeah, kind of adding on to what Molly said, um, I know that as kids, as teens, we are we're still like figuring kind of ourselves out we're just like figuring out what we're going to do so I feel like that support that we get from the adults in our lives or the counselors or the teachers um, can be really beneficial to us and I know personally um, I'm really close with like my mom and my dad so if I ever have something on my mind or and something like related to if I'm stressed that day or because of school or anything like that I know that talking to them just getting my feelings out always helps just having that support in life I think especially as young people, it's just really important um, just for like a healthy lifestyle and just to feel loved and comforted. Yeah, I totally agree. And I, and I have to echo both of their points. Um, talking to people, um, including adults, about your mental health is, is so important and it's so crucial. It's such a crucial step to take, you know, on your journey um, with your mental health because, holding your feelings in and not being able to express your feelings um, can be so detrimental to your mental health if you don't have, you know, proper and appropriate outlets to, you know, share what your feelings and to sort of get things off of your chest. And so I have to echo the points that were made. It's so important to 
share and to open up when you feel comfortable about your mental health, because that's the way that you can be connected with resources. And that's the way you can find out the system that is currently supporting you. And, and that's the way that you can really make these, um, such these important and necessary steps in your journey to wellness. You know, you've all made some really good points about, about why it's so beneficial to talk with somebody about your mental health, but, but a lot of us don't do it. I mean, a lot of times we, we've just, we don't have those conversations and, and people get scared. Why do you think people get scared? Why are they reluctant to share their mental health? That's a wonderful question. And, you know, Molly already touched on kind of onto what the answer is, and it's the stigma around mental health. Mental health is such a stigmatized topic because for so long, it's kind of been taboo to talk about, like, what are you going on? What's going on with you? And, you know, what emotional difficulties you might be dealing with? Um, and it's just sort of been frowned upon. And, you know, the expectation that's been set is that we have to keep our feelings and our thoughts um, and our lives to ourselves and just sort of, you know, push on through and pull ourselves up by our bootstraps. And that's sort of like this, this, this is all sort of culminated into what we call the stigma, which is preventing people from reaching out because there's this shame, you know, t- sort of tied with reaching out and asking for support for your mental health because for so long it's been seen as something that's just not right to do. And so I think that that's sort of that shame and that fear and also, you know, the rumor and the the myth that reaching out will get you like institutionalized or even worse has been holding people back from doing so because, I mean, I don't want to be institutionalized. I don't want to be thrown behind a cage with padded rooms and stuff like that. And that's what it seems. I mean, that's what people make it seem like what's going to happen when you reach out for mental health support. And so I think these sort of factors are holding people back from really reaching out for support and receiving it. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I also think that it's just kind of like teenage and social media culture right now to put out your best image of yourself. And that can be really toxic and because it really just makes you look like you're living your best life. And like, it, I don't know, when you're comparing yourself to so many people around you, it can be hard to ask for help because you feel so like, I don't know below everyone else around you, which is unfortunate because I think everyone feels that way, at least somewhat. Um, But having to ask for help sometimes feels like defeat feels like you're doing something wrong and you kind of start to question things like why can't I feel fine and happy at the same time as everyone else well in reality everyone else is probably struggling at least a little bit too yeah I definitely agree with um what Dominic and Molly said and I guess something kind of related to my culture um I'm South Asian and we specifically we have a stigma around just like mental health and um those types of topics, like you would be labeled as crazy or kind of insane that you're going insane or that it's not real or any of those um, phrases if you were to reach out about mental health or anything that you're going through. This was supposed to be so strong and like you said, Molly, like happy all the time. Um, So yeah, I definitely believe like minority communities, um, there is a greater stigma just because of I don't know. I really don't know why. Um, maybe it's because of like the beliefs that they've had in their home country or what like their ancestors have taught them or something like that. Um, but that is more of a personal example of why a lot of people in my community, at least, don't reach out um, for help. You know, I'm, I'm so glad you brought that up, Sheikha, because it's we don't often think about how our individual culture, how our family uh, might react. I know uh, 
that stigma in families can run for generations. Maybe there was a a relative, uh, you know, perhaps an uncle or an aunt or a cousin who lived with mental illness. And for a lot of families, that was not something you ever talked about. Um, it was something to be ashamed of. And that was just the person that that you never talked about and spoke of. But your generation seems to be more open to talking about mental health and, and to pushing those barriers. And I'm wondering for our listeners, if you might be willing to share a personal story about when you pushed and took a risk and talked about your mental health and what happened for you, good, good or bad, because oftentimes it's those personal stories that, that people really find relatable. Yeah, I can share a story. Um, so I have pretty much dealt with anxiety for like my whole life. I've been a pretty anxious kid for as long as I can remember. But over the summer, I started experiencing some different feelings, like a lot more sadness and sort of depression, which I didn't really understand, sort of, because that, that's just never really been stuff that I've been thinking about, I guess. Um, and I didn't really understand what was going on in my head. So it took me a really long time to like work myself up and get the courage to explain to my parents how different I felt. Um, and I thought something was like really wrong with me, but I didn't know how to tell them because I was worried that they would judge me or be disappointed in me or something like that. But ever since I opened up to them, I've been able to get more outside help, like talking to a different therapist and um, getting on some medication and being able to open my world to more adults who are also able to help me. So just having that like one conversation has literally changed my life. So like, I can't stress enough how important it is to open up to someone you trust. Molly, I'm so, I'm so glad that you had an opportunity like that to open up about yourself and your needs and then actually have them met. Um, and I have some somewhat of a similar story um, when I actually I had a therapist at the time um, and for another reason. But I started to, you know, experience, you know, feelings of anxiety and depression. And I even started, you know, um, experiencing suicidal ideation. And and that was super difficult for me in the moment. And. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know who to go to. I didn't know who to ask for help. Um, and over time, I sort of grew the strength to open up to my therapist about my suicidal ideation and ask for help. And she helped me open up about my personal struggles with my parents. And because of that you know, experience, I was also able to be connected with um, certain resources like you know, medication and resources inside my school. And it took a long time. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to say like opening up immediately after everything changed, but over a long, you know, thought out process with many steps, I was able to go to a place where I felt alone and I didn't feel like I had any support to a place where I feel, you know, appreciated and I do have support and my, you know, my mental health needs and my issues, they can be managed now because I'm at a place where I received support from other people and, and I learned to, you know, rebuild myself. And so I think, you know, that was my experiences. Opening up helped me down the road and it helped me connect myself with resources and connect myself with myself. Yeah, um, I just want to say, Dominic and Molly, I'm so proud of you guys. Uh, you've come a long way and that's so amazing. Um, I don't have any personal stories for myself, but I do have a story about a friend who um, she kind of opened up to me. She has anxiety and she was just having a lot of doubts about kind of her future. Um, we're seniors, 
So she was kind of just like doubting her future and she kind of had a little bit of an emotional moment, but um, I kind of was just there and I just listened to her. I didn't say anything. I just was with her for that moment. And I think that um, that was really helpful for both of us. I mean, I got to know more about her and like what she was feeling, what she was going through. And she got to kind of just talk to someone who would listen, not judge her, not say anything um, about her. Just so I think that moment kind of, I'm not sure. I, it kind of, um, I'm trying to think of what it kind of did to me, but it just, it was a moment where I was able to connect with her. I was able to connect with her. Um, and just give her that support that she needed, someone who she could reach out to um, in a moment of stress and anxiety for her. You know, it's such an important thing to know how to just be with somebody and listen and be present uh, because that's the, the hardest part. A lot of times, and adults do this sometimes, but lots of different people do this where somebody starts telling you, telling you something to, that's going on for them. And the next thing you know, you're giving them advice and saying, well, if you do X, 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 and X, then it's going to be all great. And that's actually probably the worst thing that we can do in any moment. Because uh, a lot of times when we're starting to talk about our feelings and things like that, isn't the right time to necessarily work right straight to solution. Uh, there's a time for solutions and a time for those conversations. But sometimes just being present and being in the moment with somebody is, is a large part of making people feel comfortable. And that goes to the idea of, you know, Shiki, you were talking about your friend who came to you. Um, there's something your friend saw in you that made them feel comfortable and safe to be able to talk with you. And I'm wondering, you know, as you think about people that you would talk to, what qualities or attributes, you know, what types of people do you feel comfortable talking to? Honestly, um, and for me at least, it's very important that I understand, you know, the motives and the characteristics of the people that I confide in, because I, um, I, you know, I have a little bit of issue with trust. And so it's very important for me at least to understand, you know, am I talking to this right person about what I'm think, what I'm feeling and, you know, I'm confiding in the right people. And for me at least, I like to confide in, in the people who have always always, you know, express trustworthiness, who have always been honest with me, who have always been there for me, who have always supported me. I try to stay away from people who usually use you um, for their personal need and their gain, but they're not reciprocating the same energy to you. I just, I look for people who I would trust with my life. And I look for people who I know will support me and who won't, you know, let me down or pull me down because I'm struggling. And I look for people, and this is ex extremely important for me at least, I look for people who I think may have experienced similar circumstances because I've always found that people who know what it means to struggle know exactly what you need in the moment that you are struggling. I think that's a really good point, Dominic, actually looking for someone who's sort of going through a similar time as you. I think it's one of the awesome ways that teens have learned to communicate over social media. I think especially on TikTok, I'll see just groups of people coming together, like sharing experiences over um, similar, I don't know, similar issues, which is just, I think it's kind of beautiful in a way because social media can be really toxic in those kind of things, but it can also be really uniting. Um, I actually wanted to go back to what we were saying before about a good quality in someone for me is 100% that they will just listen to me. It's one of the reasons that I always <laughs> go to my mom because I will just 
pour everything out that I have to say and she'll just sit there and listen before she interjects with anything because I've had conversations with people before where they like interrupt halfway through and I'm like mm, please stop like I'm just trying to talk really um so that's like one of the really important qualities to me um but I just any conversation environment that you just genuinely feel comfortable in I think someone that you trust just like Dominic said yeah, um, I definitely agree with what you said, Molly. Someone who will listen to me, not try to interrupt, not try to give me advice um, or make it about them. That would be just amazing. But uh, I'm also more comfortable for me um, talking to adults um, rather than kids or teenagers or my peers in that sense. I'm not sure why. Maybe it's because... Um, I might be a little bit more mature or I might be thinking in that sort of way. Or maybe I just feel safer with adults who've had more experiences um, and who've just kind of been around a little bit more. So um, for that reason, but I'm not sure if that's something that you two also have, like talking more with adults or more, or if you're more comfortable talking with like your friends or people your own age. But for me, it's adults. Yeah, I think it can def definitely like differ from person to person. I feel like I'm sort of in the middle with it and that I have my adults that I need to talk to and I have my friends that I need to talk to. And like for some of my friends that are going through similar things as me, like they're definitely the people that I would go to first. But there are also some friends that I would like not say anything to because I just don't think they're they understand. I don't want to say they're like not mature enough necessarily, but they just like haven't had the same experience as me as me, I guess. So like. I don't know. I think I can kind of go both ways with it, but I definitely understand what you're saying. Yeah, I totally agree, Molly. I think that it really depends, at least for me, on the need, on what I need in the certain situation. I know that certain people bring out different support for me. Um, and so, yeah, I agree. It just really depends on the need. You know, that's a really good point when you talk about different people bring out different needs. Different people have different things to offer. For instance, you know, if you're looking to talk with somebody about mental health issues and you're looking for somebody who's had some of that lived experience, that can be one way to look at this. But there's also looking for school anxiety. It may be that the best person to talk to because you're really having some some school anxiety is your guidance counselor, or your you know academic advisor, whoever it is that, that you've got there. I know um, my daughter happened to be home this weekend and she's got finals next week. So the anxiety level is way, way, way high. And she was telling me about how amazing her advisors are and how special they are and how much they've helped her uh, really kind of keep things in perspective. And I think that's a, a different type of a thing. You know, when you've got somebody who can actually bring you some perspective in the moment to maybe shift your worldview and see that that whatever it is that's stressing out or making you anxious maybe isn't as big and scary as, as it might seem. One of the things that I want to ask you all about is what advice would you give to somebody who feels like they don't have anybody to talk to? That's a wonderful and equally difficult question to answer because, you know, it's difficult to answer a question that you might not necessarily have the answers to yourself. But if I were to give an answer to this question, I would say find a resource and I will provide one because I utilize it that helps you connect with someone on a deeper level so that you can start those conversations. So the resource that I would love to provide is reachout.com. 
um, they have you know specific articles and conversations and advice about different different topics, including relationships and communication. Actually, I think it's au.reachout.com, but I'm not sure. It's it's one of those, so you can find it. Um, and so using this, you know, there's they have like these little centers for different topics, and so you can click on communication, and they have a whole article about how you can utilize communication skills to start conversations with people that you necessarily wouldn't do so, or how you can get your parents to really listen to what you're trying to tell them. It's, it's a wonderful resource with so many different, you know, conversation starters and resources and topics and advice. And I would start there. I would start with resources that can help you build up the foundation necessary to start and hold these conversations that you might not necessarily be comfortable with doing. That's really good advice, Dominic. That sounds like an awesome website too. Um, in terms of kind of building a foundation for a conversation, I actually do have something to add to that. I, whenever I finally decide that it's time to have a conversation with someone around me, something that I always do before is just write out literally everything that I want to say, like journal it or just write it on a Google Doc or something like that so that I just have it all there in front of me because a lot of times in conversations I get super overwhelmed and I lose focus and I can't remember everything I want to say but if I have something that I can kind of go off of I can um, sort of bring myself back and make sure that I convey everything that I want to. I've actually I've literally been told by my psychiatrist before that I'm really well spoken because like I always know exactly what to say and I'm like that's because I write everything out. <laughs> I get anxious about having the conversation, about anxiety. So this is what happens. Um, kind of like what Dominic said. Um, actually, I want to go back to you, Molly. That is so cool. I do that too. Just like write everything out. You have your own script, personal script, and you know exactly what to say. Um, but Dominic, kind of what you said um, about the website you provided, I think um, outside resources, especially if you don't have someone immediately in your community or your family or just like around you who you feel comfortable talking to right away. There are so many outside resources, organizations, groups, websites, hotlines, um, so many resources that I don't have off the top of my head right now. But I bet if you do a quick Google search or anything of that sort, you can definitely find lots of um, resources, especially any of the curriculum provided my work to be well or like any sort of panels um, or videos on YouTube, any of these sorts of things. Um, just kind of looking through those or watching those. Um, I think that is a great place to start, especially if you don't feel super comfortable um, in your immediate surroundings and community. Talking to someone, having that conversation right now, you can look at some of the, all the resources that we have um, for that. Most definitely. WorkToBeWell.org has an entire resource page that includes Teenline, Youthline, The Trevor Project. I think ReachOut.org is on there as well. And if it's not, we'll get it up there. Uh, but definitely all of those resources have been vetted. Our, our, many of them are staffed by teens, um, for teens. And all those types of resources, when you feel like you don't have somebody to talk to, there's always somebody there to listen always somebody there to listen. But I really love the idea that Molly, that you brought up about, about scripting, because that really, especially when you're going to have a crucial conversation with somebody, you want to make sure that you don't get lost in what it is that you need to say. And writing it out does a whole lot of things. When we journal, 
and you journal things and you start to write them out, that gives your brain the ability to develop your own insights and to see it differently as you're reading it back. So journaling and reading it back can also be a way to help yourself get organized with what it is that you're thinking. Very therapeutic. I, I love it. I'm a big fan. I'm all there. So when you think about uh, these types of conversations and, and the types of adults and other, and other folks that you talk with, you know, I know there's the traditional ones that we think about in terms of our parents, but where else do we find adults that might be somebody that you would utilize? Um, I think a really good place to start is someone that you talk to more on a daily basis. So in other places that I've reached out besides my own parents, I tend to talk to two specific teachers that I'm especially comfortable with and also my coach just because I see her every day. And so that way, if you're ever kind of dealing with something or having an off day, they'll sort of recognize that and know and you'll have a more comfortable environment to have a conversation in. Yeah, I totally agree, Molly. You know, we go to school with, you know, adults that are honestly often trained to help support students and their needs. And so it, it, it almost seems obvious that we should be doing this. But, you know, to a lot of people, it doesn't seem right or it doesn't seem natural. But there are so many people at schools that can help support you. One person that at least supports me at school is our personal counselor um, at my high school. Um, and, you know, personal, academic, whatever counselor you have available or an advisor, you know, they're there to help and to help and support you. And I mean, that's literally in their job description. And so I think that utilizing those resources and those people can be super helpful. And I think that honestly, I can't really think of like a group of people, but just any adult that you know, that brings you, you know, a, a sense of security, a sense of calmness, and you feel, you know, like you can confide in this person and, and you will reap benefits that will help you in the long run. So that could be, you know, a parent's, a friend's parent, or I mean, just anyone that you think can help you and support you when you need it. Yeah, I think for me, um, I have some mentors who are not necessarily related to me in any way, but they're, maybe I've done like a program with them, and they've just kind of been there with me, and they know like a different side of me, maybe more academic, the more school side. Um, so I feel like I connect with them when I'm not comfortable talking to like my parents or someone immediately close to me. So I think if you have a mentor, uh, maybe through a school program or through an extracurricular, or maybe even like your coach, um, like Molly said, um, that is a good person to talk to, someone who knows you kind of outside of like your personal family context. I know I've been that person for a lot of my kids' friends. <laughs> well, as we begin to wrap up today, I want y'all to share your final thoughts and, and encouragement to people. Uh, what final, final thoughts for teens who are struggling uh, to seek out and ask for help? My final thoughts are you aren't alone. I know it may seem like it. Especially during you know this time where the world is shutting down and turning back on again, and everything just seems so chaotic and 
and just out of sorts and everything seems to just be falling apart around you, you really aren't alone. One Google search and you'll find out how not alone you really are. There are thousands of hotlines and warm lines, thousands of websites with resources. There are people all around you who you might not necessarily think that you can rely on, but you really can. And if there aren't, there are so many, there are 7 billion people on this planet who are just a reminder, 7 billion reminders that you are not alone at all. There is someone out there that can support you, that can provide you with resources, that can support and help you manage you and your needs. There are people there. You just have to find them and you have to rely on them when you can. I promise you, you are not alone. I, I mean, I'm a, I'm a volunteer at Teen Line, which is a hotline service. And people come to me and to people I work with every day saying that they're feeling alone, but we are there with them in the moment so that they are never alone. And I promise you, there is someone out there that will do the same for you. Very well said, Dominic. Um, my final thoughts are, it is so important just to not feel ashamed to reach out because I'm guilty of it myself. A lot of times I'm just like, oh, I can handle this. Like, this is no big deal, really. Like, I'm exaggerating it in my head. But we are high schoolers who are growing up and need advice from people that are older than us. We're, we aren't perfect at everything. And every time that I've reached out, it's like a weight lifted off my chest. And I just, it's, it's overall always going to be beneficial. In some way, you'll get some sort of benefit out of it, I think. So you got this. Um, yeah, I think I would just echo both Molly and Dominic and say, don't be afraid to reach out to anyone um, that you trust because we're all here for you and you're going to get through this. Uh, everyone is here to support you. And even if you don't feel like that right now, there is someone, like Dominic said, in this 7 billion Earth-filled planet um, who can support you with anything that you're going through. So just don't be afraid and take a deep breath and go start that conversation or make that Google search or write down what you think you're going to say. Um, just take that first step. And thank you all for, for everything that you've shared today, Molly, Dominic, and Ashika. Your wisdom has just been wonderful. I want to thank everybody uh, for listening today to talk to Be Well and really for, for helping us in this conversation about how to talk to an adult about your mental health and asking for support. And if you're looking for support with your mental health or any other medical questions, please visit providence.org. And for parents, teachers, and students, check us out at worktobewell.org. I'm your host, Dr. Robin Henderson, and this has been Talk to Be Well. Be well, everybody.